0: We um, have been in this series on Sunday nights called Where Did It Go? And Corey and Miles and I, a few months ago, as we were thinking about where do we go next, what are we going to talk about? Um, we were doing something we do a lot at the whiteboard and we were talking about, okay, what are some things that we can talk about that will really be a blessing to our people that will help them grow? And as we were looking at areas of stewardship, you know, we, we steward our lives um, for the Lord, um, and we are like, you know, if we don't do a good job at maintaining and managing the things that God gives us, then we'll ask this question: Where did it go? If you don't handle your relationship with the Lord, um, maybe you, you'll, you'll. Obviously, our relationship with the Lord doesn't go away, but your intimacy with the Lord, you'll, you'll find, oh, where, where have I? God, I'm far from God. You find yourself doing things you don't want to do. Anybody ever find out with money that if you don't manage your money well, this is a question that you could ask about your money. Who agrees with me? Where did it go? Have you ever looked at your finances at the end of the month and go, I spent how much on what? You have to do that if you don't pay attention. If you don't steward it well, then you're going to ask that question, where did it go? Um, Last week, or was it last week? I believe it was last week. Man, it's been a long time since last Sunday, has not it? Pastor Miles spoke on spiritual gifts. And um, our gifting, there are spiritual giftings and there are natural abilities. And God has given those to us and for us to use in the body. You guys agree with that? And if we don't use them, uh, that's not a good thing. We will find out that we haven't done what God wants us to do as he has given us these spiritual gifts. Tonight we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about time. Now, there's something interesting about time that is different than some of these, um, some of these other things. When it comes to money, not everybody has an equal amount of money. Some people have more money than others. Some people have less money than others. There's been times in my life where I have more money than times before, right? Like that—that's part of how seasons go. And so, not everybody has the same amount, amount of times. Not everybody has the same amount of gifting, right? You ever see people and they're just super talented and they have a lot of abilities and, and God uses them that way and some people don't have as many abilities and that's that's fine. Um, I'm so grateful for people that have abilities to do things I'm not good at. My uh, there, there are some of you who can, you can take apart cars and put them back together. That's how God made you and that's, that's awesome. I am not like that at all, right? Um, so there's different gifting, different abilities and there's different spiritual gifts. There's gifts of, Teaching, there's gifts of all these things that we talked about last, uh, last week. And so we, they're not toys to play with, they're tools to work with. And that's what God's called us to do. Um, but here's something interesting. We all have, maybe not over the years, but on a daily basis, we have the same amount of time, don't we? Everybody's got the same amount of time. 24 hours in a day. I think that if they put a fifth hour 25th hour of the day we would be just as stressed out and worried as we would be otherwise and um, and so that that is a, a big deal. When I first got into ministry, um, really the I had um, you know when you're when you're growing up in school and stuff like that like uh, this was the case even in college um, in college when I took a course they would hand me my syllabus and I basically had, That was my calendar. All my events were there. They decided what was going to happen and decided what to do. When I went into ministry, um, my pastor that I worked for back then, and Corey Kirscher can kind of uh, affirm this, his training model was basically this. Um, He would get people that he thought could handle it, and then he'd throw them in the deep end. Just push them in and watch them. And he'd go, I think he's drowning. <laughs> he might be drowning. He'll figure it out. I wonder what I need to do over here. Like, that was basically, am I wrong, Corey? That's basically how that went. And I learned to swim that way. There's a little bit of that. In ministry, now that's not true. That I probably felt more that way than it actually was that way. But I remember realizing that all of a sudden I was handed the role of being the youth pastor. Um, then not too much longer I was handed the role of leading the choir and leading the music. And then not too much longer, I thought, hey, we ought to do some outreach. And he goes, cool, you should do that. And so I got to take over the outreach. And then not too much longer after that, I'm like, hey, why don't you teach the, you're, you're reaching a bunch of young people. Why don't you teach some of the, the parents of the young people you're reaching? And so you're going to do the adult class. And so over time, I started getting, and I got to the place where I got really overwhelmed. Have you guys ever been overwhelmed? Just like, I kept having these conversations with people and the conversations went like this. Hey, you said you were going to meet me at that time and you didn't meet me. Or you said you would do something for me and you made a promise and and I would forget. Anybody hate forgetting stuff? I hate that so much. And so I was, I felt like I had to work night and day, night and day, night and day because I didn't want to forget something and let somebody down. And that wasn't necessarily a good thing for a young guy who had just started um, ministry. We literally got married in 2006. And two weeks after getting married, I became the youth pastor. I moved my bride from uh, Boise, Idaho and Springfield, Missouri to Florida. And those are so much alike. Boise, Idaho and Port Charlotte, Florida are so much alike. And she was in this, yeah, anyway, there's a whole lot to that. But I, I say all that to say, When I was in college and when I was in high school, they'd hand me these syllabuses and I knew exactly what to do because the the teacher's the one that gave the assignments. But when I became this role of being in ministry and and those kinds of things, I had these expectations of what I wanted to see accomplished. And nobody was gonna stand over my my shoulder and go, okay, here's the seven things you need to do in order to get that accomplished. Does Does that make sense? And the same thing can be true for us. Sometimes sometimes people have jobs where they go to a job and, and you know, it's a, it's a widget cranking job. Here's the uncranked widgets and here's the widgets that need cranking. And you just go to the job and you do that. You get what I'm talking about? You, you, you do the orders, that kind of thing. But there's, sometimes that's part of what you do in life. Other times that's not how life is. Um, we have... A certain amount of time in our day. Maybe you go to work and they tell you what to do there, but when you've got the rest of your life, um, you got to decide what you're going to do with your time. And here's what we all know We all know this. The Bible says this to teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That although it may seem like we all have the same amount of time, we're not going to be here forever. We're not. Uh, we're not going to be here for that. The other, the other day, Megan tells my wife, told me, hey, we've been in our house now. We just had our houseversary. Is that a word? We've been in this house for three years. And I'm like, three years? That's amazing. It's gone so fast. It's, been, it's, been, it's gone really, really quickly. So here's my point. We're all going to, the thing about money is you can choose to save money and not spend it. But when it comes to your time, you're going to spend your time. Who's agree, who agrees with me? Your time is gonna get spent. You're gonna do something with that time. And so how do we manage the time well? So you can vastly improve how you steward your time when you consider these four areas that affect the way that we manage time or time management. The first thing I wanna give you tonight is this, spiritual principles, okay? Now you're like, look at that that thing. I'm gonna be really, really practical tonight. We're gonna be theological, and biblical, then we're going to be practical, okay? And we're going to just give you a bunch, and you may feel like I'm, I'm drinking from a, a fire hydrant, but this has been so helpful to me, I'm trying to give it to you, and I only want to do it in one sermon. So this may be horrible, but oh well. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? All right, number one, spiritual principles. Spiritual principles. Time management is a spiritual issue. Time management is a spiritual issue. Why? Why is time management a spiritual issue? Because we've been given time. Who gives us every good gift? God. And when we have time, uh, we need to use the time for the Lord. We need to use the time best for the Lord. Now, look at this. Ephesians chapter five, verse 15 through 21 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days, because the days are evil. This word circumspect, we think of that word spectacle. I've got, I've got my spectacles on. Anybody here on spectacles, right? And so you think of that spectly is, is uh, talking about vision. Circumspectly means uh, circumference or circle. The idea is that as you go through life, Be aware, keep eyes all around you, pay attention to how you are walking. And he says this, don't walk foolishly, walk wisely. Why? How? Redeeming the time for the days are evil. Uh, We're given time and God wants us to use our time for, for him, to use the time for what's best. It says this, wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess? Excess uh, is anything that is, excess is the kind doing things that you would not otherwise do, other, other than being under the influence of, of wine. Here is the idea. Uh, it's overdoing something, it's overspending something, it's going beyond a boundary, it's doing something you would not otherwise do. Instead of being controlled by Wine, being controlled by the flesh, being controlled by all of that. He says, be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, and you're controlled by the Spirit, do you see that that's connected in the passage to redeeming the time? If you're living in the Spirit, if you're doing what the Spirit wants, then you're going to live the way the Spirit wants you to live. And when you live this way the Spirit wants you to live, you'll use your time the way the Spirit wants you to use it. What are some of the things the Spirit wants you to do? It says this, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Part part of your time ought to be spent worshiping the Lord. Singing and making melody your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God and so the way that we use our time, the way that we, um, the way that we do life in in terms of staying in God's word and allowing God's word to impact us and making sure we prioritize our time with the Lord so that it impacts the way that we live. That's all a a part. A part of all of that is how we manage our time. John nine, Jesus said this, um, in John chapter nine, verse three. This is in the context of the disciples seeing a man who was sick and they saw a man who was uh, disabled and they asked him, Jesus, had this man sinned or his parents? They thought, hey, uh Obviously, the reason that this guy is dealing with what he's dealing with is because of his own sin or the sin of his parents. Jesus gave them a new, a new category. He says here, neither hath this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. What Jesus is saying is God has allowed this to happen in this, guy, this, this man's life so that there's an opportunity. What's the opportunity? Verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, why? The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus essentially is saying there's a time for working because there's coming a time when no man can work. Now he's talking in the the idea of his ministry. This is not necessarily a time management verse that he's trying to say here. Do you guys get that? But there's a principle here. The principle here is That when you have an opportunity, you need to work that opportunity for the Lord. We need, who agrees? There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do for the Lord. There's a lot to do for the Lord. Um, Even in our own church family, there are people that are hurting, people that are struggling, people that need ministry. You guys agree with that? And so we've got, and, and, and the ministry is bigger than any one of us, and we all need to use our time to, to help people, to love people, and to care about people. So how you use your time is a spiritual issue. Why? Because time is what we have. When you wake up, you're gonna use your time some way. Who agrees with me? You, you, you said something about what you believe by what your calendar looked like last week. Do you believe in evangelism? What did your schedule look like last week? What did you do with your time last week? Are you with me? Do you you believe in um, family? Do you believe in investing your kids? Who agrees that's a spiritual issue? How'd you do last week? What did your time look like? See, managing our time is a spiritual issue. Do you agree? Have I made my point? Okay, time is stewarded well. Here we go, are you ready? B. Time is stewarded well when it's budgeted or scheduled, right? Now, this is an interesting thing. Here, let, me, let me give you this. In Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says this. And there were, went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, that's a really Interesting verse, right? Jesus is saying, I want you to count the cost when it comes to discipleship. When it comes to being my disciple, you need to think through how you're, what kind of sacrifice you're willing to make. What you need to understand is to follow me, you have to be willing to do that even at the expense of other relationships because sometimes when you prioritize Jesus, it costs you other relationships. Who agrees with that? Have you guys seen that? He says, your love for me needs to, to be exceeding beyond what it is for even your own family. Verse 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For, and here's the, here's the principle, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether you have sufficient to, but, to, to finish it. Less aptly after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it, and that behold it began to uh, and that behold it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. what was he saying? when you sit down to do something, when you sit down to do a project, you're going to start on a project you the first thing you do is you got a plan, you don't start. Laying the foundation and only get so far and it costs you three times as much or it doesn't get done or you get mocked because you didn't plan out your time, didn't plan out your money. Are you with me? Keeps going. Verse 31, or what king going to make war against another king sendeth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an, ambass- an ambassage and directeth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. The pig, the, what he's saying here is this. If you're gonna follow me and be my disciple, it's gonna cost you something. And you gotta sit down and count the cost. Are you? Does that agree? That's what he's trying to say in the thing. But he's also giving this principle of this. If you're gonna do something that makes a difference, if you're gonna do something that is a big deal. You're you're gonna you need to sit, you need to count the cost for what, you need to plan out what you're going to do, and so we've got to do that. Number letter C. Time is stewarded well when we live by the proper priorities with faith in the Lord. Here's what Matthew six thirty three says: But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Who agrees? You say something about what you prioritize by how you do your time, by how you spend your time. Who agrees with me? You're going to use your time. You say something about your priorities when you, when you do that. And so this is a spiritual issue. Why is it a spiritual issue? Because your life is made up of the things that you do. Your day. Your, what is your life other than what you go do? How you're gonna, does God want us to do something with our time? In our families, in our church, in our community, God wants us to do something with our time. And so that, how we steward our time is a spiritual issue. I want to glorify God with my time, don't you? And, and we know that God even cares about our time. Why? Think about how he made the world. He worked six days and what did he do on the rest, seventh day? He rested. Was he telling us something about time management there? What do we do with our time? Now, I want to give you some practical things. This will not sound as much like a sermon as maybe I sound like normally. But I think, here's what I want. Do you you want to be different as a result of being here tonight? Do you want to actually have some things that go, okay, I'm going to do better with my time this week. So I'm going to give you something super practical. Are you ready? This is just things that have helped me. From here on out, I'll tell you that these are principles and tools that can help you, but you don't have to be exactly like, like me. Everybody has a way of doing things and, and a, a way of uh, managing their time. And here's what I know. Pastor Miles likes paper. He is an old man and a young man's body. <laughs> okay? Pastor Corey likes all things technological, that's what he likes, right? But he's kinda got a combo, he's got a hybrid of like stuff that he does. All I'm saying is that we have to have some kind of a plan for planning our time, okay? So I'm gonna give you some really practical stuff. Are you guys ready? Here you go. Number two, here's some essential tools. Essential tools. Time management can rely on three essential tools. Number one, a calendar. Now here's what I'll tell you. You have a calendar, whether you have a calendar or not. Are you with me? You have a schedule, whether you have a schedule or not. Some of you have a schedule that you never write down anything and you just do life. You're called retirees, right? (laughs) (laughs) And the back of the room all laughs because that's how they are, right? That's exactly right. But here's what I'll tell you. even you retirees, you guys, some of, I've talked to retirees all the time, like, I've never been so busy in my whole life as when I got, was when I retired. Uh, you only have so much time. I don't think you're all going to die real soon or anything like that, but but my point is, you, you can redeem your time. You could waste a lot of time if you're not careful. So you need a, a calendar. Now, there's some calendars that come up, they're, they're analog. You can use uh, paper calendars or planners. There's a full focus planner. There's a, a franklin planner that i like to that i've used before some people like to use digital calendars there's google calendar there's outlook calendar there's fantastic that those are all part of it but if if you're going to manage your time well i think it's important to have some place where you actually plan your time uh, one of the things i did a few years ago that was really helpful for me is and i maintain this about just about once a quarter i look at this i put together an ideal work week what does my week look like if i were to Properly plan out what, now, I don't have an ideal week almost ever. Every week's different. But what happens is if I don't make time for the most important things, I will not make time for the most important things. Are you with me? And someone some will, some, some will come try to make an appointment at a time when I'm supposed to be doing something else. And, and so I won't be able to prioritize my time. So you got to have a place to look at that. So you need a calendar. You need number two, a task manager. What do I mean? You need somewhere to keep all of your commitments. Some people use a paper list. Some people use notebooks. Some people use journals. Some people use digital task managers. Whatever it is, There are things that come up in your life and whenever you have a need to, ought to, or some kind of thing that comes to your brain going, oh, I gotta remember. How many guys have ever, if I'm saying it right now, there's something that you know you need to do and you you keep thinking about it. Who's got something in their mind? Yeah? Most of the time when people remember that they need pet food, it's not when they're standing at home, right? It's like, or not when they're standing in the pet food aisle is what I mean. When you remember you need something, it's not necessarily where you can do something about it. So where do you write that down? Where do you write down your commitments? Where, where is it that when something comes up to mind, you write those things down? And then the third thing you need is a reference or information management tool. Somewhere where you keep, um, keep reference for yourself. It used to be, back in the day, reference files, filing cabinets, journals, notebooks. Sometimes now it's on your computer, whatever that looks like, OneDrive, Evernote, those kinds of things. The, the point is you need somewhere to, to have those reference things so that you can remember them. So everybody needs three tools. You need a place to, to keep uh, your calendar, the commitments of where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do, task management, your commitments, and then your reference material. Number three, here's some practical principles, okay? Practical principles. Practical principles. First thing I'll give you, some of this you need to write down and then you think about it later, okay? And I'm gonna teach it to you. First thing is this, here's five simple steps to handling your responsibilities, small or large, okay? The, the first one is this, collect, collect. Capture anything that comes across your mind or your attention and put them in some kind of inbox. Now you already have this, you got, who here has a mailbox, okay? What do you do with your mail when it comes to your mailbox? It, it, gets, it comes to your, mail, your mailbox. What, what kind of stuff's in there? You got bills in there? Who agrees there's bills in there? Who has a lot of bills that come to your mailbox, right? And there's something to do with those bills, isn't there? You got to pay something off, right? Sometimes some, what comes to your mailbox is opportunities, an invitation to a party, something that goes there. What do you do with that stuff? So you gotta collect it. Sometimes collecting happens all the time. It happens around here all the time with me. I'll be in between the aisle and, and somebody will come to, hey, can we go have coffee? Right? And yeah, let's do coffee. Okay, cool. When are we gonna do that? Let's do it at this time. Maybe it's even someone that doesn't know Christ as their savior. Who agrees? That's something important, right? So when they come to me and say, hey, we're gonna go have coffee. Where do I put that? I got to have some place that's a trusted place. If you saw me grab a napkin and write that on there, how many guys agree? He's not coming to coffee. Grab it, right? If, if, you, have not, if you don't have a trusted place to put that down to remember it, you're going to forget it. So you got to have some place where you collect all the things that come to your mind, the need to, the commitments that you make. Then once you have all those things collected, the second thing you got to do is clarify. What does that mean, process? You process what you captured into clear, concrete action steps. You decide if an item is a project, a next action, or reference material, or just trash. Then once you process all of that, then you organize, you put everything in the right place. That bill that needs to be paid needs to go on the calendar so that you remember to pay it. That event that somebody, that somebody came and said, hey, I wanna have coffee, I wanna to talk to you about the Lord, Man, you put that on a calendar so you can remember to do that. Uh, if you go, you know what? I want to go spend time with my kids. I want to to take our kids on vacation. You can't just go on vacation. Who agrees with me? What do you got to do? What are the steps that need to take place? Who agrees? You got to save some money, right? You got to decide where you're going. You got to decide how you're going to get there. Are are you with me? There's multiple steps. That's called a project. A project is anything that takes more than two steps to do. You're like, Pastor Ben, you're being really practical tonight. Yes, but you got to, this is how we you got to steward your life, okay? This is an important thing. So you got to organize it. Then eventually you review those commitments that you made. You look over, you update, you look at your calendar, doing small daily reviews and then larger weekly reviews. Those are really important. And then you engage. Then you get the work done and you use the system that you build uh, to know on what to work on when. So very, very important. That's a great process. If you want to read more about that, I'll give you some books at the end. Here's some things that also you need to consider when you think about managing your time. Number B, letter B, this is horizons of focus. Every day you have different levels of things that you can focus on. One is ground level. At the ground level, you're looking at today's calendar and the actions that need to be done today. These are really, really important for making sure that you maintain the commitments and make the best choices you can on what needs to happen. Then you have projects. Those are anything, that's the next level. Anything that takes uh, more than two steps to be done. There's some things that are areas of focus, right? So areas of focus and responsibility, roles that are in your life. Uh, Who here has to do anything because they're a dad? Okay, anybody, where are the dads at? Okay, raise your hand real high. How many of you guys have things that you need to do because you're a dad? Right? Does that ever come up? So that's a role that you play. Anybody here a Sunday school teacher? Where are my Sunday school teachers at? Right? Is that a role that you do? Right? There's things that you need to do. Every Sunday you've got a lesson to come up with. Right? When a guest comes into your class and there's someone that, that maybe doesn't know Christ, is that a responsibility you have? So there's those kind of roles. What are some other roles that you've got in your life? You, you've got, uh, you've got uh, your uh, career goals. You've got career uh, roles, things that you do. You've got uh, avocational, vocational, you got family. These are all part of uh, rules in your life. Then you've got goals and objectives and then three to five year visions. All of these things are important that you think through regularly. How, what, what do I need to do uh, with my time? And then here's the last thing, one more thing that I can give you. This is uh, something I use all the time in trying to decide what's the right thing for me to do on any given, at any given time. When you, have that, when you have that calendar, when you have that action list, how do you prioritize what you do in a way? Uh, Eisenhower's matrix is a really helpful thing. There's, there's four kind of levels to that. The first priority is the high importance and high urgency stuff. There's some things that are really urgent and really important, right? Uh, there are things that like you got to take care of them now because they're very urgent and they're also very, very important at the end of the service, if someone came to me and says, hey, we have a lost person here and they're ready to get saved right now, I go, that's urgent and that's important. Who agrees? Okay. There are some things that are highly important that are not very urgent. Let me give you an example. Exercise. Almost everybody in here went, Ugh. Let me ask you a question. If you don't prioritize your health I'm preaching to myself. If you don't prioritize your health, what isn't urgent right now becomes urgent later. All of a sudden you find yourself in the hospital room and you're like, okay, I'm stopping all the other things because I didn't take care of it in the first place. So there's things that are highly urgent and highly important. You stop and you do them now. There's things that are highly important, but they're not urgent. And those things we tend to skip over. But that's where most of, that's where a lot of uh, the most important things in life happen. Here, there's some things that are highly urgent and not important. Anybody ever have any of those? Uh, all kinds of things happen in that. Like you feel like you got to do it now, do it now, do it now, and then you know. But it's not really that important. Then there's some things that are just not urgent and not important, right? And what happens is sometimes all those things come to us at the same time, and we have to decide what are we going to do with those particular areas. How you spend your time is affected by those four areas. Who agrees with me? How you use your time is going to be affected by what you think about those things and what those. if you don't have uh, those areas kind of completed. So here's what, I'll tell you. here's what I'll tell you. Here's number four, helpful resources. Time management can be improved four books to consider. There's a book um, called Do More Better by Tim Challies. Really, really good book. He kind of comes at it from a biblical and theological perspective. There's a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. That was huge for me reading that book. Some of the things I gave you tonight will help you with that. There's a book called Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. Also really, really good. Helping what, what That book helped me uh, with big time was trying to figure out figure out what an ideal work week looks like for me, what an ideal week looks like for me, uh, tying my values to my time, and also deciding what not to do. There's some things, some of you have to-do lists, some of you need a not-to-do list. You need to stop doing some things. And so that, I'm just being honest, that's part of what needs to happen. And then there's uh, Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. That was a really helpful book um, for me in that particular, particular area. I've tried to be pretty practical with you tonight, and I want to give you some resources to best use your time. And probably what I gave you hasn't really helped you a ton. Here's what I'll tell you, though. You are going to spend your time. I had a a, uh, young man in my youth group uh, back in the day who is now a pastor in a church in Jacksonville. When he had his first kid, I think I may have told you this, he uh, he did this. I don't know if he's still maintaining this, but I got the idea from him. He actually had uh, two jars that he had in his uh, in his kitchen, and he counted out the number of of weeks when his son was born. He counted out the number of weeks fifty two weeks times eighteen years that that boy would be in his home. Counted it down to the weekend because kids. Even after they turn 18, they stay a few more months until you kick them out, right? Is that how it goes? Something like that. Eventually one day they're gonna go off and be on their own and all God's people said, amen, right? But one of the things he did was he, he, I, I saw this post that he made and he talked about it. He had a jar that was completely full and all of these marbles were in this, full of marbles. And the number of marbles in that jar represented the number of weeks he had with this kid. And every week, he'd take one jar, one of those marbles, and put it into that jar, right? And I started thinking about what a practical visual that is. That the number of days that we have with our, our, our kids, there's a season. And that season is finite, it's not infinite. Who agrees with me? I don't have forever with my kids, I don't have forever in terms of their being in my home. I don't have forever with them. And so what was interesting to me when I remember reading uh, his post about that and I started doing the math on my own kids and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're a third of the way through. At six years old, I'm a third of the way done. One third of those marbles is in the other jar. At nine years old, half of them are there. Who's with me? They keep going over. And what, what all, all, if you get nothing out of what I'm saying tonight, it's this, whatever doesn't get measured typically doesn't get improved. The Bible says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. When we begin to go, I got this week and I'm gonna do something for the Lord this week or I'm not. I'm gonna do something for the Lord this week. I'm gonna redeem the time because the days are evil or I'm gonna Keep scrolling. Keep clicking, keep watching, and I'm not against having who likes to relax. And on the seventh day, God rested. It's not wrong to relax. But but laziness is also not good either. We only have so much time. You don't know how much time you have with those you love. So let's number our days. Well, how do you do that? Get a calendar. Make a plan. Don't waste your days. Use your days. And what's the most important thing we can do? Love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. What has he left us to do in this season? To make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. Jesus was a man who used his time wisely and he wants us to do the same thing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?